0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy, and here we go for season five. This year, uh, we focused more on getting interesting, fun people I really knew that could actually provide more than just ideas on business, but all the other areas in life as you guys have seen with our previous guests. And today's guest is no different. It's it, She's someone, that the moment I spoke to her, I just felt an immediate connection to, and I was like, I want to get this person on my show. Um, and that is my friend Sarah Negus. Hello, Sarah, and welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Adil. Thank you very much for having me. Oh,
0: you're very welcome. Just real quick shout before we get started. As you guys know, we just do the quick sponsor run. Today's episode is sponsored by SarahNegus.com. Go there, check it out, sign up to a mailing list. Um, I'm going to tell you right now that it's, it, you're just going to enjoy everything that you get received from Sarah. <laughs> it's actually quite warm, and um, you just feel connected to it. Also sponsored by StorySellingEmails.com. Go check it out. Join our mailing list and understand how to write better emails for more profit and fun and uh, just overall good times. I'll be sending some really weird, nerdy stuff. So if you're into that, you'll de- definitely get into this. All right, so jumping right into it. Sarah, so you're a shaman, right? Yeah. Now, I know we spoke about this briefly, but I really want to share your story of how did you actually become a shaman?
1: Oh, gosh. Okay, so a shaman it's not something that you become per se. It's something that you are. Mm -hmm. It's a calling. Um, And I can tell you that I was born like this, although I was born into modern culture and particularly fearful mother. So I didn't express this side of myself until I had a few challenges in my life and hit my 30s. So 20 years ago, I started to properly explore what, Shaman was shamanic energy, and nowadays I have come up with the term modern-day shaman, which is a little bit different than traditional shaman. In that, in in that, you won't find me with a drum or a rattle or teaching four corners or medicine wheel, which is their traditional ways of working shamanic energy um, and they're really interesting ways to find altered states of consciousness and discover things about yourself but i like to use our modern tools so i use psychology and modern mindset work alongside traditional practice and i find it very powerful um, in our western world we are not furnished with oral traditions so uh, cultures didn't don't pass down old learnings we have to remember them and that's what being modern day shaman is all about remembering so, ancient arts
0: so it's essentially it's kind of like peeling back the layers of what's there, like what's been taught to us it's just peeling all that back and finding yourself your true self uh as a lesser example so to say
1: that's the process yeah being I, shaman though is something other than that. Uh,
0: yeah. Oh yeah definitely and that's kind of like reaching the end it's the process as well what I was talking about like you start getting at different layers.
1: So
0: I yes, sure. uh, So I was curious about something that you mentioned right now which is um this idea of how um, Well, what basically do you do you, ever, do you subscribe to the theory of um epigenetics? Not really. Fair enough. Because I was like, that could be very, very closely linked from it. Um, and I'm, I'm always just curious to see how the people view it.
1: Explain your take on it.
0: Well, epigenetics is that your, your DNA carries your ancestors' memories. Yeah. And um, that basically comes right through. And that's why you have certain instincts towards other things.
1: Okay, so not really. I, I have a, an understanding of my own experience of myself and my clients and what I see in energy Mm -hmm. is that your DNA is based on your spiritual experience that may be through many 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 different lifetimes many different consciousnesses but your physical DNA is based on that spiritual makeup and it's not directly related to ancestors it's directly related to your own spiritual experiences so in that take, I, I, I don't go with it. Okay, that's
0: pretty cool. I can respect that. So from what you've just said, uh, from something else that I just picked up a little from that same conversation, it's like when you actually go into that energy for yourself, what does that actually feel like? And I only ask that because I know myself whenever I go through like um, meditations and stuff or even different state changes, um, like if I'm saying I'm using the isolation tank or something and I'm using deep breathing meditation, my brain goes to different areas of experiences. I'm just curious what your experience would be
1: of entering altered states.
0: Uh, no, as in like when you're finding yourself more than anything, like what does that look like when you go into your own energy?
1: Um, my own energy is every everywhere. So I, I kind of can be a tree. I can be a grass. I can be, I, I can shapeshift into all sorts of things. So, it's pretty wonderful. It's, I can sit in somebody else's energy and feel how they are. When I sit down in myself, when I'm connected to my spiritual timeless self, that, that part of me that came and will leave, there's a a deep sense of peace knowing. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. All right. So, um, like jumping out of that aspect though. So like, As far as it goes with self-development and stuff, um, what's your your take on the self-development movement right now? Because over the last, I'd say over the last decade more than any other time, we've seen more and more people actually becoming more and more spiritual. So they're learning and taking on more uh, spiritual practices, at least from what I've seen in the UK uh, on a more mass scale than ever before. And what's your take on that?
1: Well, it's got to be good. Yeah. Self, spirit spiritual expression for me is, is self-responsibility. And if, if each of us individually take responsibility for our own health, spiritual, emotional, and physical, then there is power and freedom in that. And that then ripples out. Um, being spiritual, living a spiritual life for me is, comes from a basis of self-knowing and self-love and self-trust first before you then extend that outwards. Um, So looking for help to find that within you for me is, is like, yeah, go on. This is the way forwards because in our world of digital age, where everything is kind of bombarded at us, we must be able to know who we are in order to stay steady.
0: That's excellent. So, Okay, so based on that, there is just a question that sometimes I get this thing when I'm speaking to someone like uh, halfway through a conversation, they actually say something like, ooh, we want to go at that. And that's the idea of self-love because as someone that spent, let's say, maybe 90% of his current life so far in self-loathing, actually even 90, I'd say 95% of my life in self-loathing, I know how how much work it's taken even for me to win that 5% back from 100%. So now it's like becoming, it's decreasing. What advice do you give to someone that is actually in that situation of self-loathing to start moving towards self-liking and then ultimately self-loving? Like, is there a process that you would actually recommend or is it just a trial and error thing?
1: No, find out why you don't like yourself in the first place. Okay. What was the trigger? What was the catalyst? Why did you split your energy off? Why are you Uh, disconnected? These are the questions I would invite whoever it is to ask themselves. And that can be a bit of a lonely place if you try and do that alone. So go and find a very good mentor, somebody that understands the process perhaps has been through it themselves. Someone that understands psychology because self-loathing comes from a deep wounding, deep childhood, emotional wounding. Okay. So let's need a steady pair of hands.
0: Definitely. No, I agree with that. Like always have someone else do it with. So do you mind if we play out the scenario a little bit just because I'm curious to see like how it works, like what the methodology is, especially on them. Um, because the way that my brain works is like very, very much uh, when someone explains a concept to me, I kind of want to see it in play first. I can visualize it. And then that way, when I go through the process myself, I don't feel like I'm making a mistake.
1: Sure. The thing here though, Adil, is that each of us is unique. Each of us is a piece of art.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: You know, and in trying to understand a, 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 um, a way of working, energy is is like trying to build a, a jigsaw of the world, as big as the world. So there is structure, but there's nothing. No, no, no. Two ways are the same.
0: Well, yeah, I I figured that much, but I mean, like in the sense of like when asking the question to myself, for instance, what was it that um, that split me apart? I'm just thinking like, personally for me, uh, I actually don't even remember what it was. I think it was just from the very get-go that um, maybe about two or three years old, based on things I witnessed, that could have been it. So I was just curious what way someone could start approaching that, because I was just a little bit confused about the process.
1: Okay, so the way I, I, I do that is by taking people into trance because, as you very, very eloquently explained, you can't remember your childhood. You can't remember the things that happened to you. And quite likely that the, that whatever it was um, was repressed for a reason because at the time you were emotionally immature and weren't able to deal with it. So you your whole process then was to survive in order to survive you had to lock those memories away it can also be that the realization that you're no longer part of the whole of the spiritual consciousness and that you are separate in a human existence is enough to split much of you away
0: i would imagine so Um Bear with us just a moment. I just just need to quickly pause the show. Just for a moment. Thanks, guys, just for pausing us just for a moment. Um, Okay, cool. So, Sarah, when it comes down to actually going through the self-development world, and I'm only speaking about this because my understanding of spirituality and shamanism, even traditional shamanism, is quite limited. Um, So, in relation to how the self-development world, because I did ask about this in a roundabout way, but more directly, the way that people work through self-development, Um, would you recommend going through just books or would you recommend going through a mentor? Like what would be the best actual avenue for someone to actually find themselves?
1: It has to be with a mentor. You can't find yourself with a book. A book is an entrance. It's like the gate that you, if you, if you read something and you're interested in, in it and it gives you a little bit of an idea of yourself, great, but it will not take you where you need to go. And that is into your unconscious mind.
0: Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. I think some of my biggest shifts did come from when I actually had a mentor sit down with me and actually help me go through stuff. If I actually hadn't, um, I'd actually just BS myself all day about how far I really want to go or put things off. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's just a really, really crazy place to be. Now, what was one, what was one of the things that really shifted for you when you went down this path yourself? Like, was it a relationship that shifted or was just the entirety shifted at once or slowly? I think that's actually my question. How was the shift as you went through your journey?
1: Um, There were multiple shifts, each of them big. So I spent quite a long time in, in, in my life ignoring the spiritual side of myself, mainly because I'd been taught that it was a scary thing and I was big on fitting in. And then when I kind of looked at myself in the mirror, age 30, having had three car crashes and a near death experience, cancer, I kind of thought, Blimey, wow. the, the, common, the common denominator here is me. <clears throat> at the time I was suffering with deep depression, mainly because I was in such chronic pain all the time. Yeah. And I thought something's got to shift. And I was, I was lucky in that I, happened upon my own spiritual teacher within I think I think it was probably within six weeks of thinking that to myself. And crazy how
0: all the world like works on that kind of antenna you, basis. You put yeah, it out there and just find you.
1: When you're ready, the teacher will appear, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um and this lady told me in our first meeting within half an hour, all of the things that I was afraid of admitting to myself. And I went back after two days and said, you need to help me and um i became her shamanic apprentice and i I actually was her apprentice for 12 years and she took me out to peru and really through experiential process she didn't teach me with books or words i basically sat in her energy and the energy of her clients and absorbed what i could um and during that process of learning how to unlock my shaman, um, I started to discover myself. And in discovering myself, my life had to dismantle. So everything that I had in my life left me because it did not support where I was going or who I really was. Um, So my 30s were difficult. Yeah. And, And then... The fi- I had another uh, really quite serious illness in 2007 when, again, I had another life, a uh, near-death experience, and I actively made a choice to come back and carry on and do what I needed to do. And then since then, having actively made that choice out of body, if you like, things have settled. That's not to say that I don't continue learning about myself because I do every single day.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, uh, one of my mentors actually has this quote, which uh, drove my career for a very long time, which is um, once the master, oh, once you become the master at something, you don't stop. No. It's like sitting on your, mo- it's like sitting on the giant pillow. Cause he was talking about martial arts. He was like sitting on a giant pillow, a dojo, just be like, I am the master yet. I never trained. It's like, no, you have to keep trying yeah. keep going. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. and, and- For go. sure. To be, to be the master at something, at, at something, you also have to be massively open yeah. because um, one of my teachers once stood in front of me um, and on the big whiteboard wrote, this is not the truth. It was, a, it was one of my psych, psychology teachers. And I really like that because my truth is not your truth and so on and so on. And my truth today may not be my truth tomorrow. So, if you hold that idea that there is no real knowing of truth, there's only a journey towards more awareness, then everything that comes along the way is is kind of grist to the mill. It's very exciting.
0: Yeah, no, I can actually completely imagine that it would be that, and it's very true. Um, what you say about what one person's perception of reality isn't another's. Yeah. And I've actually found that working with businesses, and I don't mean this in a negative way because I know a lot of these people, I do love them, is when they hire me to work with them from the outsider's perspective. It's like, wow, your business is doing really well. Once you get in, you actually see what's really going on behind the curtain. And sometimes people's businesses were doing well, now they hit a slump or you're in that startup phase where you've got a lot of momentum but nothing growing behind you. Um, That's why usually I come in, help build that back end for them. And it just becomes a real shift in perception. Like you really see a perception, a perceptional shift in that person's realities and what they're really doing and where they're coming from. It's just a very very powerful wake up call. Um, I hope you don't mind me asking, but like, what, how did you get through two car crashes? Three. I've actually had five in my life. Yeah. Wow. But like three were before you turned 30. Yeah. how? I hope you don't mind me asking. It's just one of those things. I'm like, wow, because you live, that's a lot of, um, potentially a lot of pain.
1: It was a lot of pain. Um, and it was as it was the beginning of my journey because it was the physical pain really that, um, was so untenable that forced pushed me towards finding a way to rehabilitate my body. And that was the beginning for me in that I learned how to help people through movement come out of acute and chronic pain and in finding that when I I, I I taught pilates rehab pilates so i found that when i was tactile with people they would very much get better very quickly and have an emotional exp- expression which led me on to psychology and it led me on to exploring very much very more deeply how my hands worked energetically so the the car crashes were what I believe to be in initi- shamanic initiations that cracked me open in order to receive the information I needed.
0: Yeah. Powerful. That's a really good way of looking at it. Cause I have a very similar situation with one of my suicides. Mm. Um, I think it was like my fourth attempt was jumping off a building. Um, cause I should have died. But for me, that was just a imprint to tell myself, Hey, you've got something bigger to come. The, you know, that this is the start of your journey that you need to heal this pain. You need to feel this right now to heal it later in order to help and impact more people. And that's one of the things that um, I'm grateful for is actually speaking about mental health now. Yeah. Um, because throughout my lifetime, I'd say up until like I was about 25, um, mental health had such a hugely negative connotation because I am, uh, I was diagnosed bipolar type one
1: yeah
0: um and i have add and dyslexia which the irony of being a writer is not lost on me
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah what do you do i don't, I write and you have dyslexia yes let's just go with it see what kind of uh oxymoronic contradiction we can run with here it's always fun but anyway oh paradox rather um but what really made me like open up about it and look at it was the idea that those mental uh, those mental health issues, some of them are blessings, other ones can be quite cursive as well because there is no, there is a law of polarity. But it comes down to being able to express it in a way that's healthy. Um, as I actually had, I remember years ago, I went on a date with someone and um, we were just being, it was a really good day, we were having a great time. And I, for some reason I felt really comfortable, I just told her, oh, by the way, just so you know, um, she was like, what's something that's really that you'd be scared to tell me about? What's That was her question to me. And being honest, I said to her, I'd was like, i be scared that you'd run away if you found out about my mental health issues. It was like, why? What do you have? I was like, well, I've got type one bipolar, but I've got it under check and have done for about, seven, about five years at this point. Um, and her response to me was, I'm sorry, I can't speak to you ever again. Wow. That was only like six years ago that that happened. And, um, it really put things into perspective for me, but then I, you know, I didn't go and become reclusive. I just kept looking at different ways to see who I can help, how I can help people. And now every time I speak about mental health on my Facebook or, uh, on even on the show, I get people emailing me saying, thank you for putting it out there because it's really hard for us to do so. And we don't know how, but thank you for actually saying, cause we can vicariously live through your experience and receive the help that you receive. Very, very powerful too. So yeah, sure. what I was going to ask you really more than anything, if someone did want to start their journey on, say, it's two ways. So the first one is someone has actually started off on their journey. What would what would you recommend they do today to really start finding and healing themselves? Like they already know that they're the common denominator in the entire situation and they need to heal some stuff on the inside but they don't know how. what what advice would you give them to start today?
1: Well, if they don't know how they need to go and find someone who does. Okay. So my advice would be to go find someone to help you go and, uh, do your research, find someone that energetically matches with you, feel good with that you trust or can feel that you can learn to trust. If you like, go and start talking to them about your life and your experiences, because your own experience, Experience and memory of your life is only the surface Somebody needs to be able to mirror back to you yourself And then you can see where it is that you need to go Um, If that's not available to you then get yourself a journal start writing in your journal your own Experiences and the voice that you have in your head that talks to you write down what it says so that you can see what runs underneath your daily living and it will give you a clue and the first thing to look at
0: that's actually very powerful because i've only started recently going back to my journal for that specific reason um Mm. kind of a weird one for you maybe a weird one for you but like it was definitely a weird one if i tell whenever if i talk about it, it feels strange it's when i started journaling a couple of years ago i would always refer to myself in the third person yeah that, well, I guess the second person, because I would always address it as you.
1: Yeah. It's like, so you need
0: to go do this.
1: Yeah. So that's your shadow speaking to you. Yeah. You know?
0: Really? It's not, uh, yeah. What do you mean by shadow? I'm, just, I'm curious there.
1: So if you think that you have, as a human, you have an ego Mm-hmm. And you have an energy, an energetic self, an egoic self, and an energetic self. And your ego is there to help you survive as a human. And in helping you survive as a human, growing up, your ego will have kept you safe. It's, it's connected to your fight and flight system and your parasympathetic nervous system. And uh-huh. in keeping you safe, it will have split aspects of you away that you weren't able to deal with, memories of situations, um, parts of your own energetic self will be put to aside. side. That creates your shadow. Now your shadow is all of the things that you don't accept about yourself, including your potential, where you're going, your qualities, the things about you that you haven't become fully aware of or like much. Now, we have a field of awareness, which is who we are now. Most people can say, oh, I like this about me and I don't like this about me. Most people have a long list of I don't like this about me and not so long list of I like this. And underneath that, you have suppressed aspects of your shadow. So the the parts of you that come through suddenly, perhaps when you're angry at the shop assistant or... um, Are evoked when you're very sad about something. They're suppressed parts of your shadow. They're relatively near to the surface of you. And then you have the repressed parts of your shadow, which are deep in you. And these are the ones that cause most trouble, because these are the ones that govern your behaviour without you actually really, really, really realising. And your shadow aspect is not to be feared. But it is to be Accept it, acknowledged, and um, an awareness built of it, because you, your higher self, you, your your spiritual you, the the best version of you, wants to be the one ru- captain in the ship, running the show, <laughs> not that one, because your shadow is based on your past. It's not even based on your now, and it's definitely not based on your future. Wow,
0: that's really that's powerful. Your shadow. That's powerful. Yeah. That's, sorry, that, that's just like really taken me aback because it really helps me really understand why I did that. And now, of course, uh, obviously, I start writing with I want to do this and this is what I choose. So I'm talking back into myself, person. Um,
1: yes, but it is useful to allow that voice to be written.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I listen to it, but then I just change the word you to I. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I
0: just have mm-hmm. that. It's, it's that same internal model of like dialogue of thought.
1: Yeah, and you, need, you also, in turning it into I, you need to decide whether or not it's for your greatest good and if it makes you feel happy. Because if it doesn't, it's an old pattern.
0: Okay, wow. Yeah. That's really powerful. Sorry, it's like my mind is actually blown. For the people that listen to this morning, why is that all mind blown? Go back and listen to it. <laughs> it's, it's just a really powerful moment to actually think about. Um, and, you know, it, 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 there's just so much to unpack from that. And of course, I'll be getting into that after the show. Where I sit down with my journal <laughs> and just quickly write all this stuff down for myself. Um, it's something I did want to ask, which was a two-parted to the other question. Was say someone's already on that journey, though they're not—they're not just they're not beginning, but they're on that journey. They've worked with a couple of mentors that have served their time for that season. Would you? What would you recommend would be the next stage? Because if the, I've hit this stage personally myself, where I've hit like a plateau, I'm like, I kind of know enough that. I'm making progress, but my progress is very, very limited. Um, and I can't find, and I don't know how to find the person that's like a level above to guide me to the next stage.
1: Would you start to ask yourself, who, who do I want to be? And who am I pretending to be? Um, my advice is to do more, to keep going. You know, self-knowledge and is not a destination sit there. As you said, the martial arts master sitting on his cushion, not practicing. So if you find yourself on a plateau, it may well be that it's time to integrate. It's time to take a breather. It's time to process where you're at. But it also may be that you're on a flat line you know, businesses go down and then they go up and then they go flat and then they go down and then they go up and then they go flat. And that's the same with us energetically. Whenever you express or express an interest in finding more about yourself, you've got to go down before you go up. Then you have to integrate before you go down again and then you go up. So it's, it's all motion. It's like the, the tides, you know, they, they wash in and out and that's the same for us.
0: See, what's really powerful right now is you don't know this, but you've really just helped me out with the situation <laughs> personally. Because it's just it just puts it into a mental state of like, no, this is a down and there's gonna be an up. That's the old saying is like yeah. um, it's always darkest before dawn.
1: Absolutely. And and you know, different ways of feeling are 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 not static either. It may feel I mean, I know that when I was um experiencing depression myself and I did that for five years. Um, It felt like in a terminal long time, but in looking back, I can see that um, There were moments when I didn't feel like that and there were moments when I felt worse and then there were moments where I felt lighter and then after a while, but with my own intention and my own focus I came out of it and that then changed so that that is a very very good thing to hold in your heart is that this too will change and nothing is static
0: that is a powerful quote in its own right
1: Mm.
0: this too will change or this too shall pass i think one of my favorite uh plays on that on that quote alone is from a friend of mine who's a comedian um is like this too sharp, pass it may pass like a kidney stone, but it'll pass. <laughs> I was like, You're very, very right. And I yeah. really hate the fact that you actually use that analogy because now I'm terrified of <laughs> go. If I ever get a t- kidney stone, I'm just terrified. i'm like, how much pain am I going to be in here? <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> well, don't, <laughs> don't wish it on you.
0: Oh, no, not at all. Like, my <laughs> mind's just constantly on other things as well. So, with um. With the trajectory of your life, the way that things have gone over the over your lifetimes and how things have transformed and such, was there like I how do I want to phrase this? Did you have a set trajectory after you started your shamanic apprenticeship um, that you were like, yes, I want to go to, I want to go in this direction, or was there a time in in that journey where you were still like, I want to build something, or if you want to, for instance. Uh, as an example, you want to say I was working on my business while doing my shum journey? Or was it just like, this is the path I want to follow?
1: No, I didn't have a trajectory. What I had was I um, had an unraveling. So I was married, very you know, successful marriage, seemed like 18 years of marriage. Um, we were wealthy. We had a wonderful son, great businesses. And what happened when I decided that... I wanted to in, invest in myself and find out who I was and what that meant. Is that all of that had to unravel? So the I found myself in a period of time where I felt like I was firefighting, and in the firefighting I was burning everything down in order to find myself and kind of fly away as the phoenix, if you like. Um, so. I didn't have a plan. I only had an understanding that it had to be this way.
0: Okay, seriously, stop blowing my mind. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Okay, so uh, for for the many people, you're about to get a very vulnerable moment of me, um, which is completely involuntary, but it had to be, it feels right to say. Um, the Phoenix is actually kind of like my crest, if that makes sense.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, it's been with me since I was like 12. Um, I just always, I've always loved phoenixes, but particularly, um, my basketball handle when I played basketball, cause like I played streetball a lot, uh, was Phoenix. And I always believe that because you could always, I could always be burnt down, but I would always come back stronger. Yeah. Uh, and it just always stuck with me, this idea. And what you said right now about how you had to almost burn, everything had to be burned down to actually be shown. The imagery that comes to that, the reason that's so powerful is because I sent a text message to a a very dear friend of mine who's very much like my brother. I only met him this year, but the moment I met him, it was like I found a long-lost brother, Hmm. um, even though he's older than I am. Funnily enough, he's actually old enough to be my dad, but that's a whole different situation, <laughs> so right? But he just felt like an older brother. And uh, why I texted him, because again, being open and vulnerable is something I'm still learning how to do. I I think I said to him exactly what was, I want to burn it all down. I want to start all over again. I want to burn it all to the ground and just go away. Because I was in a really deep headspace. And his response back to me was just powerful. It's like, Yes, I get it, you need to chunk it down. But the fact that you just mentioned that you were going through that emotional feeling of like things had to bow down more to actually for them to show you the light, essentially, to, mm. to, to show the clearing of what is there, to reveal what's there, rather. Um, it just it just did something. In me. It just clicked in my mind. I was like, I've got to tell her this. <laughs> just a powerful, wow. it's just a there powerful you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. th- guys, if you do ever speak to Sarah, yeah, this is one of the many reasons you should speak to her. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm interviewing her and this stuff happens. Um, but I, what I wanted to ask realistically, because I'm, uh, I've got to ask, are you a movie fan? Do you watch movies or are you, or, or any fiction rather, or do you just study the books that you study?
1: Um, I watch movies. Yeah. I tend Excellent. not to read fiction.
0: Any particular reason or?
1: No, um, I just enjoy
0: non-fiction a bit more.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I've I've actually only started getting back into reading fiction because for some reason it just um, it gives me a little bit more of a creative idea of what I want to do, which mm-hmm. is fun. Um, but as far as the movies, I, I would ask, uh, I'd ask you this question: So, what three books had the biggest influential impact to you?
1: Three? Oh gosh. Um, I suppose the first ever book I read oh, that was anything to do with spirituality was The Celestine, Celestine Prophecy. Ooh, that was point. some time ago. Yeah. And I remember reading it and thinking, Jesus, could this be real? Oh, and it, it was one of those books that piqued my curiosity and um, I really enjoyed it. And then after that, I read The Alchemist. Which i Brilliant. still re- I still revisit because it it has a different message every single time I feel dependent on what perspective you 're coming from
0: you, you know what 's really powerful about that is The Alchemist is one of my all time favorite books. I read it every single year oh there you go uh, Do you I used... what I mean yeah, I was actually um it's funny you should mention that because I was looking at like books as in what do I want to read tonight? Because I, I got a new book by Seth Godin and I was like, oh, I really want to read this because my friends say it's amazing. But now you've mentioned it, my brain's kind of like you were going to switch off your phone tonight at 8 PM or 7 PM and just spend three hours reading instead of like sitting there reading like a business book. I think I should go back and read the alchemist
1: again. Yeah. It'd probably do you some good.
0: Oh, definitely. That book is so deep. So beautiful, like every single time. Like you said, every single time I read it, I get a new gleaning of perspective, a new idea, a new something. Um, And what was your third one? Sorry, I interrupted that.
1: Um, The third one, I think I've been is recently is the Millionaires of Genesis by Caroline Ponder. Um, In that, there's a whole different take on the energetics around money and our own value and it really did make a big big impact in on me really good book is it's it's it dissects the book of genesis and caroline ponder is a um is an american pastor in the 50s who rejected the idea that we needed to be humble and poor she says that um in I'm, i'm not i'm not particularly religious actually, but I quite enjoyed this book that dissected this ancient text and took it to another level of abundance and divine right, which which is very interesting.
0: This is Catherine Ponder, who also wrote uh, Prosperity, right? Same person? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Person. I love I'm glad that you actually chose this book instead because I love Caroline's work, uh, Catherine's work. Um, but this is one I hadn't even seen of, it. so like that's an interesting book. I'm going to pick up yeah. myself. Yeah.
1: Well, I I kind of respond very well to archetypal energies, to myths, to history. Um, the ancient Greek mythology is just wonderful to me. So this book is ri- is written by dissecting Abraham, Jacob, Joseph. You know Melchizedek, right. and and their what they're learning in in the writings. It's, it's really nice. I really enjoyed it.
0: That's incredible. And also good to know that you're a fan of like Greek mythology and such. Um,
1: oh God. Norse mythology, ancient Egyptian same. history, blah, blah, blah. You name it.
0: Oh my God. We um, could have, I, I think yeah. we're going to have to do another show one day, just like focused <laughs> entirely on mythologies because um, I actually uh, got my first taste of mythology at the age of five.
1: Wow.
0: Uh, and that was Greek mythology. And one of my favorite Disney movies of all time is Hercules.
1: Because
0: mm. um, that was the one that really bolstered my wanting to learn about mythologies and looking at Hades and Zeus and the pantheon of gods and look at all the Greek side. And then, of course, that translates over to the Romans and the Egyptians have always been there because uh, oh, I, I'm Muslim. So, like, well, I grew up Muslim and Egyptian cousins. So, like, we know a lot about the pyramids and look at how it all developed and, you know, all, all the other yeah. fun stuff. So, it's just very, very powerful in the way that it is. And, of course, being religious, you, you grow up learning religion as well. as yeah, it yeah, has its yeah. own uh, pantheon as well. So it's really powerful to see that. And actually very lovely to hear that from uh, someone else that actually has a very interesting, a similar interest to me. Um, I did want to ask with the whole thing, very similar to the question about what books imp- influenced you, what were the movies that impacted you or that you'd recommend people to see? Just because uh, as, a, as a recommendation. Oh gosh. Like if you had to pick three,
1: well, King Arthur, the latest one.
0: The one with Jude Law in it? Uh,
1: yes. That's okay. a wonderful spiritual parody. Um, or... I'm, I'm
0: going to have to ask how, because I did watch that movie, but I didn't see it really? from that perspective. So I would okay. love to get... So,
1: like, so the little boy, King Arthur... Mm-hmm grows up being saved, but he grows up in a brothel. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: i um, not knowing who he is. Right. He's been split from his life by an event that he had no control over that he was not able to deal with. He grows up in a brothel thinking that, you know, um, he, he needs to help all the people around him and he has real leadership skills, but at no, in, at no place in his, in his young life, is he ever thinking that he is as amazing as being the king of the gland? And what happens is that, um, excuse me, I'm gonna cough. <laughs> he, he finds that he is actually someone reasonably special, but he's not ready to take on the, the power that is available to him. So in the, in the movie, he has to go to the dark lands the shaman comes to find him and take him to the dark land so that he can actually um, face himself and come back and save himself and then save everyone else around him. And the, the, the scene at the end where he overcomes his uncle, who's played by Jude Law, he actually says to him, the reason I'm here is because of you. And that's the same in all of us. The reason that we end up being who we are is based on our past and how we deal with the the challenges and the situations that come to us. So all of us have a leader within us. It's whether or not we're ready to claim it. And usually we have to go deep down into the dark lands of our own unconscious mind with which to claim ourselves. That's why that movie spoke to me.
0: That's incredible. See, now I'm going to have to rewatch this movie with a whole new perspective. Yeah. So now I have two things to do tonight. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so what were the other two movies then for you?
1: Um, I don't really know, you know. Uh, I did like, recently I watched Darkest Hour, which was the story of Churchill on the, um, as he faced his Darkest Hour. And mm-hmm. that mesmerized me, the acting in it was wonderful. But at the end of, the, the thing that stuck with me is that this guy never gave up, and he also knew when he couldn't negotiate. And the quote that comes up that at the end of the movie, that is his, so Winston Churchill said this, not me, is, uh, success isn't final, failure isn't fatal, it's the courage to continue that counts. And that, for me, is how I live. Success is not outside of myself and it is not something that's static. Failure doesn't mean that. Failure means I need to learn something more about myself in order to go to where I want to. And being courageous in the face of adversity in terms of being brave enough to own my own shit is, is the point. And that's what I teach everyone.
0: That's incredible. That is incredible. So no third spot for that, or shall we just leave it at the two?
1: Yeah, just those two. I, I can't really think of another one.
0: <laughs> uh, I might fill in one just there that's uh that was impactful for me. And um it was the movie Limitless. The one with Bradley Cooper.
1: I've not seen that.
0: It's just a, it it's interesting because the whole movie is uh it always inspires me because it's about the psychology of someone, but it's that Bradley Cooper's character takes this pill that helps his life go into a sudden upswing and you see his relationship or you can and cannot do. It just makes me realize like I mentally for me, I substitute that with, um, with a good diet, for instance, instead of taking healthy pills, you eat right and you work out and you do things uh, to make sure that your mind is optimized. That'd be one or the other one, which is very obvious of a movie uh, that is influential and can be interpreted in multiple ways. Is the Matrix?
1: Yeah, that's a good movie.
0: I do like the first one. The first Matrix is still my favorite movie. Um,
1: yeah,
0: I have watched that in different times of my life and had different messages received from it. So it's very, very <laughs> powerful. Um, yeah, Which pill would you take? I'd always take. Uh, I'd always take the ways. The red pill, the one that takes you out the Matrix, right? Yeah. I'd always take the red pill. Yeah, I, I'm I'm one of those people if I've got curiosity, I will follow that curiosity. until yep. it's it's done until I'm satisfied Yeah um, Which can be a good and bad thing. It's also one of the reasons why my friends uh, Don't let me look at my phone before I go to a movie uh, Or they don't tell me of the movie until I'm there
1: because
0: <laughs> They're like you're just gonna wikipedia and look at what happens. I was like, you're completely right. I actually would do that I'm, <laughs> I am that person that has to know <laughs> before I go in at times um, getting better at it, but still, it's a, it's a constant work in progress, or progress rather. Um, so, real quickly before uh, we head out from here, I did want to ask you: Is there any final recommendations you have for our listeners besides going to check out Sarah and you know getting in touch with you? What else could they do?
1: Um, meditation,
0: guided or like self directed, whatever
1: works for you. And if you feel like you're too busy, do it longer. It's the one thing that will bring you into yourself and note and allow you to notice where you're at. And it might be that you feel that you can't do meditation because your mind is so busy. There's a clue. Your mind is so busy.
0: <laughs> so you need to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, for the people that were very much like me and have a hard time getting there, um, actually I'd recommend isolation tanks. If there's one near you go do one. It it's it, it puts you in that relaxed state and then you can just meditate right after. Mm-hmm. At least I find that helps at times. Cool. But yeah, guys, go check out Sarah Niedis.com. that's N E G U S dot com. Um and you know, I hope you guys listen uh, listen to the show again. There are some very, very powerful breakthroughs that we did cover. I mean you guys had some of my very vulnerable moments. Um and thank you, Sarah, for being so open and sharing uh what it is that you know.
1: Thank you for having me, Adil.
0: You're very welcome. I'd love to get you back on some point to speak Greek mythology and all the mythologies. I think that'll just be a fun show for me to do. Sounds like
1: fun.
0: Guys, take care and have an amazing day, and I'll see you on the next episode.